welcome to the Icon Church Leadership Podcast. My name is Alona. I'm the Operations Director at Icon, and I'm here with Justin Anderson, our lead pastor. And we are in Season 2 on Relational Practices. Again, we're doing this podcast because we believe that investing in leaders is what makes the church thrive. And so this whole season has been mirroring our sermon series, which is called A Rule for Life, Finding Peace in an Anxious World. And we believe that that's just as important in terms of spiritual disciplines for us right now in our countercultural moment. And we've been using this framework uh, to t- talk about that, talking about relational, formational, and missional applications of spiritual practices. And so uh, today we're talking about peace needs a partner, silence and solitude. Uh, and so let's start talking about that relational aspect of silence and solitude. Yeah. So for those of you who are maybe watching sometime down the road, we are smack dab in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. And, uh, and so we felt like this series, which we had planned already, but kind of moved up about finding peace in an anxious world was really relevant to what we're all feeling right now. So this framework of relational, formational, and missional is um, a way of thinking about how those practices work and what they're for, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and it's, it serves as kind of an order to think about them as well, right? So we think about the relational aspects of how those spiritual practices connect us to God. We talk about the formational aspect then of how it shapes who we are. And then missional is simply like how those get lived out in our actual lives, right? Mm-hmm. So this idea of silence and solitude is probably the most obvious of the relational part of, of the practices. Uh, in the sense that it's just carving out time in your life to be with God in the presence of God. Uh, it, one way you could think about it is date night with Jesus. <laughs> no, I'd rather you didn't think about it that way because you're not don't. dating Jesus. <laughs> That's just weird. No matter how single you are, okay. you're not right. dating Lay off Jesus. The <laughs> so, so here's the thing. We think spiritual disciplines are, we call them relational practices because we think at at their core, they're not fundamentally different than the ways in which we cultivate relationship with everyone in our lives, right? So we're made to be in relationship. God tells us that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength, which is inherently relational. So the way in which we engage God is not fundamentally different than the way in which we engage other people. We're made Mm -hmm. for relationship, right? So when it comes to silence and solitude, it is simply creating the kind of space for connection to be made, right? So I joke about date night with Jesus, but in order to have a functioning, intimate relationship with my wife, Emily, we set aside time to sit on the couch together, to do things together, to have time when it's just her and I, because we have five children. And those five children feel like 5,000 children (laughs) when they're asleep let alone when they're awake, okay? So we have to carve out time for us to just be together because what is constant in our world is noise, Yeah. right? And, and this is not just true, kind of how it impacts my relationship with my wife, but even more so mm-hmm. how it impacts my relationship with God, right? Because as the famous C.S. Lewis once said, <laughs> I'm not sure if you've heard of him, uh, he's a personal favorite, kind of obscure theologian. No yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, C.S. Lewis talks about the way we hear from God. And the, the short version is, we hear God in the whispers, right? That mm-hmm. God speaks to us, whispers to us in the silences. And so we, we need to create that space in order to be able to hear the whisper of God to us, mm-hmm. okay? So when everything around us is constant noise, we have to be intentional 
about creating space for silence. Absolutely, and I think that's exceptionally important in our digital age because let alone the noise of just life and relationships, but now you have the noise of <clears throat> a consumer culture that is trying to get your attention at every second. Uh, and so it becomes not just the, the noise of, of life, but the noise of your social media, the noise of your television and music that's always playing because apparently you always need something in the background. Like there's always that additional layer of sound happening. Um, and there, people are constantly trying to get our attention. And there's this great uh, Andrew Sullivan quote where he says, uh, this new epidemic of distraction is our civilization's specific weakness. And its threat is not so much to our minds, even as they shape shift under the pressure, the threat is to our souls. At this rate, if the noise doesn't relent, we might even forget we have any. And so it's that reminder that like the cultivating of silence and solitude is to bring us back to what matters most in our lives, to kind of bring us to stillness. Um, there's that Rollheiser quote of where we're distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. And so understanding that if we don't cultivate those quiet spaces, we're going to, we kind of lose our sense of self. We lose our sense of grounding and suddenly become really uh, malleable to whatever society or culture is telling us in those loud moments. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit why I pushed back in a previous episode on using digital apps for our time in the word. Mm -hmm. Because inside this, inside uh, digital pieces like a, an iPad or a phone or whatever, is everything. Yeah. And, and so in comparison to everything, anything is going to seem boring, right? So whether that's the scripture, whether that's another person, whether that's trying to connect with God, all of that is going to seem highly unremarkable compared to everything. Mm -hmm. And that's what these things offer. Yeah. And that's, that's the, you know, Matthew Crawford wrote a book called The World Inside Your Head about the, kind of the commodification of our attention. Um, and it's brilliant and dystopian in some really like scary ways, mm -hmm. talking about kind of what's happening to the way in which we think yeah. and, and how our attention is held. And so when we, when we think about these spiritual disciplines as being, you know, paying attention to ancient texts and ancient practices and a God who only whispers primarily, um, that it, it can't compete yeah. with everything in the universe, which we can find in there. Absolutely. So I think it's a real danger. Yeah. And I think the importance of like the moment we stop putting in the effort, it starts to work against us. Like we have to be actively fighting for that focus and for that concentration. Yep. You've got a great analogy. I do. <laughs> yes, I do. It's my, one of my go-to analogies. Uh, it's like going backwards on an escalator, right? Like the, the momentum is moving you in one direction. If you just stand still, you're moving. Right? We have to actively fight against the momentum of culture and momentum of what's going around us or we just go along with it. So it's not enough to be anchored. It's not enough to, to be strong. We have to actively work in the other direction. And mm -hmm. that's where cultivating these spiritual practices are, are invaluable. Yeah, and that's a huge theme of our podcast in general is like when we talked about spiritual or the process of discipleship, like it has to be proactive because the moment we aren't putting in that effort, the entire tide of culture is working against us yeah. and not in good ways. Yeah. <laughs> not to make me a better, more Christ-like person, but to make me more selfish, more self-centric uh, and just really concerned about what I'm trying to get out of the world. Yeah, and, and we can blame culture and it's true, but let's call it what it is. It's Satan. It, yeah. it, it's Satan. It's our flesh. It's mm -hmm. Satan hates you and wants to kill you. And if he can't do that, he'll distract you from anything meaningful that mm -hmm. could bring life. And so the battle's real. 
Yeah, which kind of connects to that formational side of it. The fact that um, when we want to practice these spiritual disciplines, we're doing it so that it would form us and the idea of being formed into Christ-likeness. Um, and it's about imitating the lifestyle of Jesus. So if we think about silence and solitude and we think about the scripture, Jesus is constantly modeling that practice of going away to the lonely places, going out to the wilderness, taking the time he'd leave early in the morning before anybody else and went off to pray. Like Jesus is modeling that as a practice for us. And so it's important that we would also in our own lives carve out the space to be able to do that as well. Yeah, we're, we're inevitably affected by the people we're with. Right. The people mm -hmm. we spend the most amount of time with are the people that shape us and teach us what it means, how to talk and how to think and how to be. Mm -hmm. And so if we're not carving out time to be with God, we're not being affected by God. We're being yeah. affected by all the other people in our lives, which is why my mom used to say, don't drink, smoke or chew or run with girls who do. <laughs> That's good. Which is some ancient wisdom. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> um, and uh, but but. Really, I, so uh, my wife Emily has a friend, and uh, her name's Esther. And Esther has this hilarious laugh. Like, mm -hmm. it's just a very distinctive laugh. And I always tell Emily, anytime we hang around Esther for any amount of time, Emily starts to laugh like Esther. And she, like, takes on that, mm -hmm. the tone of It's so distinctive, and it's hilarious. It's a great laugh. Uh, but we're, we're inevitably shaped by the people around us and yeah, the way they talk absolutely. and the way they act, the way, in the way they are. And so if we are not carving out time to be with God and be shaped by him, we will not be. Yeah. And I think a common maybe uh, critique that people have of this process is like, well, I just, I, because of my life stage, because I'm a, I'm a stay at home mom or because I'm a full-time grad student or whatever, like I, I don't have the same opportunity to do silence and solitude. Uh, and I think our constant reminder and that has to be like, no, Jesus did it. Jesus needed it. So you need it too. Yeah. Totally. And, and the, the phrase we like to use in Christian circles of like, I got to carve out some time, right? Like, mm -hmm. let's think about what that means. That means you're cutting something away and that's painful, right? Yeah. Like every year I carve the turkey and, uh, and by the end it's a carcass, right? Like yes. you've removed all the meat, you've removed all the good stuff, mm -hmm. dark meat, that's the best. But, but what you're left with is this empty carcass that you've carved out, mm -hmm. right? Like that's the visual. So when we talk about carving out time for God, like, do it, and, but it's gonna be painful. Like yeah. it, you're cutting things out of your life that you're deeming less important. And I would argue there are several things that are less important than being with God. Absolutely. And so then that last piece is the missional side. And so again, the idea of we're, we're doing this because we wanna love God and love other people. And I think all of us anecdotally know that when we don't create space for silence and solitude, it, it all shows like we become maybe a bit angsty. We become tired. Uh, we suddenly become defensive. We're going to snap at people's comments. And we suddenly don't have the energy to do like the basic healthy things that we should in our lives. Like the moment we don't emphasize and prioritize silence and solitude, we feel the lack of that. Yeah, you get drained. And, and it happens to me all the time. Uh, at our house, we Sabbath on Saturday and it is, uh, you know, I want to steal any good illustrations for a future podcast, <laughs> but it's the hardest day of my week is, yeah. is Saturday because I'm home all day with the kids in a way that I'm not used to and they are constant. And so I find myself this, this, the kind of the tension building of the daddy, 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 <laughs> daddy, 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 daddy. 
daddy, daddy, daddy. <laughs> and I have to like, I have to get out of the room. I got to go sit on my bed and just take some deep breaths and have a moment of calm and silence so that I can go back into uh, the daddy, daddy, daddy uh, of, of what it means to be a, a, a father. And so um, this is this is part of that rhythm of life of like things get crazy and you need to go take some deep breaths. Mm -hmm. Things get crazy and emotional and whatever and you need to go for a walkie walk. <laughs> That's the technical term. <laughs> so, but here's, here. remember this, right? So we don't pursue silence and solitude we don't leave the room to take deep breaths or go on walkie walks or whatever. We don't do that for us. Why? Because a rule of life is not for you. It's to form you. So we get away and create this space so that we can come back and better love the people Absolutely. around us. Mm -hmm. Silence and solitude is not for you. It's to form you to be for God and others. We have to remember that. It's a tool that hones us to be the kinds of people who love God and others, not some self-serving, like, I need some me time. No, this is not what we're talking about. Yeah, so let's get into that. So the practical application of what silence and solitude really looks like. I think it's important to define, like, silence is both to the external noise and the internal. Like, there's yep. importance in creating a space where not only do you turn off the, the TV, the notifications, the whatever, but you also cultivate that inner silence to, like, mm -hmm. not have your to-do list running in your head and all the things that you want to get done. So I think there's that side of silence. And then the side of solitude to remind ourselves, and borrowing here from John Mark Homer, the idea that, Solitude isn't isolation, like it's still a process of engagement. And again, the idea of peace yep. needs a partner. I'm engaging God yep. in that time. Um, so it's not, it's engagement, it's not escape. It's the idea that it's nourishing us so that we can actually be with people in a, in a loving, godly way, um, instead of feeling the neglect of that space yep. as well. Yeah, that's why, in a sense, solitude and silence is a little bit of a misnomer. And why, when we talked about it as in this context, we talk about peace needs a partner. This is not, you know, peace needs isolation. It's not peace needs to get away by themselves. Peace needs some quiet time. Peace needs Jesus. Yeah. Peace needs a partner. And mm -hmm. so we're not trying to get away to our own thoughts. We're trying to get away to some real significant time with Jesus because we need a partner in order to kind of manage this anxious world. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about um, some different approaches to that. So we can do like kind of the daily, the monthly or the annual. So what would a daily routine of silence and solitude look like? Yeah, I mean, I'll argue all day that you should start your day with, with as much silence and solitude as possible. If it's 15 minutes, uh, either before the kids get up or you just lock your door and don't let them in, uh, whatever. Um, creating that space at the front end mm -hmm. to kind of gather your thoughts, gather your heart, prepare yourself for what your life is going to bring you that day. Mm -hmm. I, I would argue all day long, that's the best time to do it. Uh, you're at your freshest at that moment. Even if you're not a morning person, you are still at your freshest at that moment to kind of prepare yourself for the day. Yeah. I think also it's helpful to think about like rhythms, something more monthly to like take yeah. a little bit more of that extended time so that you have maybe a couple of hours or a half a day where you get to kind of cultivate that longer moment of silence and solitude. Because I think the longer we're in it, uh, the more it becomes that discipline of I'm trying to calm the inner inner noise probably more so than the outer noise. Yeah. Uh, and so making that a regular practice even monthly. Yeah, well we do it uh, quarterly mm -hmm. as a staff and I know we are paid, we're professional Christians and so uh, it's a little different for us, I get that. Uh, but again, carve, 
we're, we're cutting out things in our life. We're making sacrifices to make space to have these kind of intimate moments with God. It's, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I think in a moment of the COVID pandemic, kind of when I told people that we were doing a staff solitude, they laughed. They're like, in the middle of a stay-at-home order, you're going to go experience solitude. And to remind ourselves, again, it's, the point is not the isolation. The point is to get that intentional time away with Jesus. So in the midst of any life moment, that is the important thing to be emphasizing. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do. Right now, we're going to wrap this up. She's got a great outro. But right after that, uh, I want you to try to find five minutes. Shut your computer, put away your phone, go for a walk, get outside, go in the backyard, lock yourself out, lock yourself in the bathroom, whatever you got to do <laughs> to create some silence and solitude. Just five minutes, just practice. Mm-hmm. Whatever you have done, do one more minute. I mean, I literally set a timer in the mornings for five minutes and I do silence and solitude like with nothing and the timer goes off and then the next day I try to get six and seven and I built to 15. And man, 15 minutes feels like an eternity when, when you're just doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, but start, begin where you are and take a next step. Yeah, what we'll have on our website, iconchurch.org slash leadership podcast, in our show notes will be tons of resources for you. So we'd encourage you to check it out and make sure that you get uh, books and links and ideas, ways to practice this. And if you haven't yet, would encourage you to also download our Rule for Life worksheet. So it has an opportunity for you to pick some practices to, to work on and grow on. Um, and so I would encourage you, if you haven't grabbed that yet, go to iconchurch.org slash rule for life and download it there. We'll also link it in our show notes. I would encourage you, again, the idea of take your next step. Make sure that you have a right next step for yourself as you grow in these practices. Uh, would encourage you to share this content and let us know what you think. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. To see our show notes and other episodes, head to iconchurch.org slash leadership podcast. Thank you.